The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this, this is Talking Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Colored Street Champions! Touchdown! Parsons has second! Prescott keeps it! And he bangs it in for the touchdown! And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris. Josh Rodriguez and Kyle Yeomans. Back here on Talking Cowboys. It is a Talking Tuesday here from the show. Is this Mike muted? I don't, I don't know. know. I feel muted too. Here. It's okay. We're here. Like something's going on. Ricola. We're here. How about now? There we go. Oh, whoever was here yesterday decided (laughs) to mute this mic. But, hey, it's Talking Cowboys here on a Talking Tuesday, everybody. It is week 16 of the NFL season. And, of course, the Cowboys coming off that loss against Buffalo. Everybody's still a little bit down about that. I get it. I get it. But all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden I feel a little bit better about it after what happened on Monday Night Football. We've got Isaiah Stanback, Mm. Nick Harris, Mm. not Josh Rodriguez today. He's on Friday. We have John Machota today. JM. JM's back in the building. Chris Beam is back in the building as well in the back running everything. John, I want to get your thoughts on what happened in Buffalo. Uh Uh-oh. Brace yourself. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, man. I'm just listening to Jerry on the radio, and we got the Jerry that was – I don't want to say making excuses, but he was not the Jerry Jones that was ripping the team. And uh, I guess as the owner and general manager, he has to do that at this point. But he could have come out and ripped the team, and it would have been totally worthy of it. It's it's not that loss in Buffalo. That isn't the thing. You mm-hmm. can lose a, a close game. That is a good football team. Would not be surprised if they make a, a deep run in the playoffs. I, I, I really do think that is a much better team than the record says. It's the 31-3 to midway through the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Like You're too good of a team for any team in the NFL to do that to you in their place, at your place, wherever. That's the part that, you know, yeah, you can be happy that Seattle just beat the Eagles and and all that. And, and hey, you you could be happy that the Eagles look like they got some serious problems going on. But you got some issues of your own. To to have the run defense play as poorly as it did, for this offense to have as many weapons as they have, to not be able to put together a drive, whether we're talking before half, coming out of the half, um, it just doesn't give you a lot of strong feelings of, all right, if this team goes on the road in the playoffs, that they can win consecutive road games, which has been the thing that we've felt for the last couple of years. I know I have, at least. Um, so, yes, while it is three consecutive playoff appearances in a row, that's great. This is obviously one of the best teams in the NFL. There's mm-hmm. no arguing that. There's no question. It's one of the best teams in the NFL. But the goal for this team is to make a run to the Super Bowl. And when you have performances like that one, you have performances like the 49ers game, and even that Arizona one to a certain extent, it makes you it makes you think, well, why, why won't this happen in the playoffs? Why won't this happen in, in January if they go on the road? And like I said, there's a lot of people that are probably looking at it like, well, they're just San Francisco. That's the only team you have to worry about. No, you play like that, you can lose at Philly. Even as bad as Philly's yeah. playing right now, you can lose at Detroit. I don't think you can lose in the first. I don't think they'd lose in the first round. I really don't. I don't. I don't think that they'll have any problem with it if they don't win the division and they, yeah, and they open against the NFC South. Um, but but there was just things that happened in that game where they can lose a game like that, and you can you can be like, I get it. But to play the way that they played, uh, you know, there just um, so many levels to it that it was just it was just very very disappointing. Yeah, you mentioned Jerry didn't really rip the team, and definitely not. There was a moment, though, where he kind of challenged the coaching staff a little yeah. bit mm-hmm. um, on the on the fan this morning. And um, he said, it's your fault, talking about the coaching staff, it's your fault that 
you know, the, the Cowboys are on this pedestal now. you got to live up to that that point every week. And wherever you go out and you lay an egg like that to Buffalo, it doesn't live up to what you've you've accomplished to this point, basically, is, is the words he was trying to put together in the Jerry way. So um, I, I, I think that's a that's a valid point. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, and we talked about it so much yesterday, it just kind of came down to fit, a fit, physicalness, a physicality, uh, discipline, all those kinds of things. So um, we'll see it get corrected this week maybe. There's just parts of that game where you're just like, it felt like, how much longer do they have to play? How many more quarters would have to be played in this game before they started playing the way that they're supposed Like, was it going to be six quarters, mm. eight quarters? It just felt like you were just like watching the same thing over and over again where you could almost be like, oh, let's go see if they put out any more uh, food in the, in the press box here because I already know what's going on here. That's that's not going to change. I'll be back. See you guys. Like, <laughs> I mean, it just was like, what is going on here? Yeah. You know, like, again, and I do think Buffalo is a good team, but they're not that good. They're not yeah. that good to, like, hold you to 31-3 midway through the fourth quarter. They're not They're not in that level. When, when Josh Allen isn't even throwing for 100 yards, I mean, what do we – let's – I mean. Well, even uh, – we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Mike – or uh, – um... Greg Olson was talking about how this is a team that's never had the running game. Not not while Josh Allen's there. They've yeah. never had that consistent running game. And then all of a sudden they're running all over Dallas. And so, yeah, it was, a, it was a change of mentality. We previewed Josh Allen all the way through. They didn't get Josh Allen. They got James Cook. And that's kind of what ended up happening. And Jerry was asked about that directly on the fan. Credit to Sean and RJ uh, for asking the question. Bobby there, too. But uh, they asked it as as, as – really as bluntly as possible do you think it's a problem that you got out physicaled by buffalo and he said basically you, you got to change you got to be more physical and you got to make tackles you got to do all the, the fundamental things and it's kind of like what you said initially is he wasn't giving complete excuses but he was also saying okay like this isn't the defense that we've seen in the past you just got to play better than what you did on sunday i don't agree I could tell. I could see the face. Yeah, I don't agree. I, this is the defense that you've seen in the past, and it hasn't changed, unfortunately. Yeah. We've talked about it yesterday. We don't have to, you know, recap it, but this is, this is a really good defense as long as they don't play a physical team that is persistent to run and running the ball. Is that because they were built on speed and, and not physicality? Yeah, they're built on a pass rush. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I mean, this is there's no secret here. I mean, this is the reason why, and again, coming off of yesterday's show, if you guys didn't listen, we kept bringing up the fact that you needed to have another version of Jonathan Hankins because he was not the only problem. But psychologically, what that does to your entire defense in terms of their confidence against the run is everything. And, yes, you're missing his presence on the inside. Yes, you got beat up on the outside as well in terms of your defensive ends getting getting reached and linebackers coming, getting reached, and getting power drived into the ground. But teams that can run the ball and are persistent in running the ball have never had a problem against Dallas. And I would love to hear a team that did. Mm. Washington, when they were persistent a couple years ago, yeah. did it. Minnesota, did it. 49ers, did it. Arizona, did it. We're talking about the top teams. In, in, obviously, I went back a couple years, but even, let's go back to this year, right? I brought up the, the stat yesterday. Of the top seven teams, rushing teams in the NFL, Dallas has lost to three of them. The top, in the top five that remain, Detroit and Miami are at second and number four. You're going to see more. What are you going to do to address it? I don't know. It's definitely not going to be personnel. Mm -hmm. So it has to be an approach. You're, you're going to ask your guys to do something that they haven't done against teams that are going to be persistent and are very successful in running the ball. 
Yeah. So how are you going to change? What are you going to do? Because you can't change your personnel. you got to change your mentality and your approach to how you're going to take this on because you're going to see more and the teams that you're about to face do it better than the teams that you've played yet. It's part of it. And, I mean, like you said, personnel-wise, it's not going to happen until Jonathan Hankins comes back. With that being said, are there any updates, news and notes yeah, news on Mr. Notes, Jonathan Hankins? News and notes-wise, I there's nothing new on Jonathan Hankins. It's it's kind of the same uh, going into this week as, uh, as it was last week, just kind of seeing how the week progresses. And, you know, maybe it'll be more of a, a Thursday, Friday, Saturday determination as far as where he'll go. This is just my hunch feeling. I don't think he goes on, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever the injury happened, we were expecting two to four weeks. I think it's going to take at least the two full weeks. And if you ask me, I keep him out the rest of the regular season, honestly, and just make sure he's ready for the playoffs. Yep. Um, that definitely does hurt their run defense causes whenever you look at Miami and, and Detroit and what they can put together from a run game perspective. So you're going to have to figure out what to do there. But um, you, you also you also need him for the playoffs, and you need him healthy for the playoffs. Um, as far as Zach Martin, um, Jerry was asked about it on the fan this morning, Mike McCarthy yesterday. The, they're going through rehab this week. Uh, there seems to be optimism there that he's going to play on Sunday, and, and we're talking about Zach Martin here. Um, I don't think a, a, th- a thigh bruise or a quad is going to keep him out. Um, now that is that is dependent on if he can be as strong as possible with that with that quad he's got to be able to put the uh the strength together for it that's what kept him out of the buffalo game whenever they took him to the blue medical tent he says it wasn't firing as far as giving him strength and you know being able to uh, plant on it so that's going to be the biggest thing when we're looking at again thursday friday saturday but my hunch feeling is that he does play on sunday okay Quad contusions suck, man. Yeah. What's have you ever had a quad contusion? Yeah, I've had a quad <laughs> contusion, but not to the level of some of the guys that I've played with. And what when you when he talks about again, I can't speak to his particular. But I can speak to situations that I've seen and been been around. With that quad contusion, what happens is you have you have such a blow to your quad that it instantly swells up, mm-hmm. and pretty much that nerve gets trauma to it to the point where it can no longer fire. Right, your brain is telling your leg to do something, and it's not hearing what it has to say because that nerve is not having free, free flow. Right, it doesn't have the ability to free flow. So that's why he said it's not firing, like it's not doing what I'm telling it to do. Right, and that quad contusion, depending on the severity, most times what I've seen is you have to sleep with your knee bent. You literally have to sleep with your knee bent. There's a whole contraption that like bends your knee because what happens is as soon as your scar tissue starts binding down on your muscles, if your leg is straight. If you're sleeping with your legs straight when your body's healing at nighttime, now all of a sudden your your muscles will not move, your tendons will not move because that scar tissue is binding it down, and it's so much harder to come back from a quad contusion um, whenever you don't take that proper approach. This training staff is more than capable. These guys are knowledgeable as, as, as any staff in the league, so I know they're doing everything possible to get Zach back. But that injury, even though I know people are looking at him like that, doesn't look like much. That quad contusion sucks. Mm. Yeah. Usually yeah. Jerry's the one that's most positive about injuries, so it was kind of interesting to see a flip where Zach was real positive after the game, yeah. uh, Mike McCarthy was positive after the game, and then positive yesterday, and then Jerry today said he didn't know. So that was kind of surprising. I, I agree with you, though. I think he plays. Yeah. You think he goes? You think Jonathan Hankins does not go? Correct. Okay. That's, so, my, that's my guess. There's your injury. And I'm sure there's going to be a longer injury report tomorrow whenever they're back on the practice field because there are a couple guys that – Played through some things yeah. uh, in Buffalo. Martin's the only one that's of note, like of uh, a yeah. notable injury type Didn't thing. Didn't Yeah, that. Yeah. I'll, I'll say this. Malik Hooker is very needed in this Miami game. And I, we'll talk mm-hmm. about it more this week. But 
you have to keep everything underneath against this team. If you let anything out over the top, that's when this offense becomes the most dangerous offense in the NFL. That's what happened in that 70-point outburst against the Broncos. So you need Malik Hooker as that single high guy that can keep everything underneath. That's going to be huge. Agree. So, um, yeah, keep That was kind of a surprise, though, that he didn't play. I think it yeah, was kind it was. of like a more of a, a day of thing where that was like, all right, well, he's not going to be able to go. I think – most people felt in the building that he was had a chance to play in that game. So I'm thinking because of that, then he's probably got a really good chance to, to yeah. come back and play in Miami. That's a good thing. Well, hopefully without a setback this week and he stays clean through practice and then you're able to do that uh, moving into Sunday. All right. I gave Nick Harris a call last night. I had to get on the phone. I was on my way back from a basketball game and I had to, had to get on the phone line. The significance of Seattle's win last night. Congratulations to the city of Seattle. You, you they were two for two. <laughs> one for one. In terms night. of helping Dallas, he's they a, were two for two. He, rep, he reps all of Seattle. Yes, like, he does. We want to congratulate yeah. you on this, yeah. on your city's big Seahawks win. helped the Cowboys. Absolutely. Kraken helped lose to the Stars. Um, it was yeah. great. It's a good game, though. Go Stars. Uh, it was overtime. He stole a point. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk <sighs> about. What was that? Two points. No, it's one. We stole two. No. It was three, it was three to two. <laughs> No, points in terms of the standings. If you win, you get two points. If you win, in, if you lose in overtime, you get a point. It's hockey talk. How could you? How could you not know that? Josh, come on now. Jeez. Oh, All right. No, that was just funny watching that back and forth. That was, that was good. It's like two points. We like, scored two points, Kyle. It's like no, it's goals. <laughs> points, whatever. All right. I want to talk through playoff scenarios. We talked yeah. through this last night because the Seattle win does have significance over the Eagles, anyways. Yeah, it has significance because it brings back. The tiebreakers, a couple tiebreakers in favor of the Cowboys are at least even mm -hmm. with the Eagles. Here are the top five tiebreakers in terms of the NFL playoff seeding and how it lines up. Number one is head-to-head. -head. Number two is wins and losses within the division. Number three is wins and losses against common opponents. And then four, wins and losses versus the conference. Five, strength of victory. In this specific scenario, right now, if the season ended, the Cowboys are certainly the leader, but it's only for now because of division, yeah. because they have that, that number two spot at the moment. But then, of course, Philly can take that back, and then it goes all the way down to number five, strength of victory. We probably won't have to go further than strength of victory. That's going to be the deciding factor if it all, it all ends up even in those first four tiebreakers. Right now, the Cowboys own division, but if Philly wins out, they would take back those, or at least be tied in the first four tiebreakers yep. and go all the way down the strength of victory. Yeah, so both teams right now are at 10-4. and four. If they both finish at 13-4, and four, the Philadelphia Eagles win the NFC East. I want to throw out one misconception that, you know, I was going back and forth with a lot of people on Twitter last night, healthily, because there's a lot of confusion there, uh, but it was it was healthy talk. Point differential is not a tiebreaker. No. So I, there's, there was a couple of people that and were it does like, not play in the strength of victory either. Yes, and so there were a couple of people that were like, oh, the Cowboys are leading the nfc east because they beat the the eagles by more than the eagles no that that's that's not a thing um so basically we ran through it all and i i'm gonna kind of summarize it as easily as possible here if the cowboys go three and oh down the stretch they will need the eagles to lose one game regardless if the cowboys go two and one down the stretch with a loss to either miami or detroit they will still need the Eagles to just lose one game. That's so basically, it. the Cowboys can afford to lose to either Miami or Detroit and still need the same result. 
So does it matter the, which one you lose to? Does no. not matter. Does, does not, not matter. matter. As, as long, long as, as you, you beat, beat Washington, <laughs> we almost said the exact <laughs> yeah. same thing. As long as you beat Washington, because that's a divisional game, the divisional tiebreaker comes first. Mm. So you have to win that Washington game. But if the Eagles were to lose to, they have three games left: Giants, Cardinals, Giants. If they're lose to any of those three games, and the Cowboys no, two one beat Washington and one of Miami and Detroit, then the Cowboys win the division. So there's there's a lane there. Uh, mm. Granted, <laughs> the Eagles are playing. Three, three bad teams. Really, uh, two two bad teams in three games, basically, Correct, right? Yeah. Three bad teams. Um, so you're, you're hoping for a little bit of, of help there. Um, I, I was talking with Kyle last night, and I think the best-case scenario is you have the Giants going into Philadelphia this week. Maybe they just get wrong a little bit, figure out some things, and then they get them at home in a couple of weeks. That's that's probably your best opportunity. And then, yeah, you're looking at Tommy DeVito or uh, uh, Tyrod Taylor. Um, so we'll, we'll see there. The Cardinals also have been playing better since Kyler has been back. Sure um, they've looked they've looked better. Their defense is still, you know, what's what's the word? They're acceptable at yeah. times. Um, but if, if you get an Eagles loss in one of those games, then you're talking. But you have to beat one of Miami or Detroit, and that's 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 task number one. What is your level of confidence in the remaining three games for the Eagles? For the Eagles? What do you think their record? I mean, if I'm going to guess, they go 3-0. and okay. And it's, it's kind of the way it is. Yeah, same here. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. I mean, it's not very high. Uh, that you would get some help anyways. And hopefully it happens. And then it comes down to that strength of victory, and that's where it gets confusing. Right now, the the Cowboys have a significant margin to make up in terms of strength of victory. I believe we went through it last night. You're not mathematically eliminated if strength of victory comes into play, but you would basically need – if. and this is, this is the only scenario where both teams win out Cowboys, Eagles – you would need everything to go your way. You would need every non-common opponent yeah. that the Eagles didn't play or de- didn't beat it to lose, and then you've got a chance there. That's, so, that's you went, so you went out, right? So say you went out and you, you win a division. Okay, you're still number two behind San Francisco. What then? What then? You would be playing probably Seattle or Green Bay or Minnesota. Los Angeles or Minnesota. You would play the seven seed at the in the wild card round at AT and T Stadium, and then you, more importantly, if, you get Philadelphia at home in the divisional round or correct. another team. But most yeah, likely, you would avoid San Francisco until the conference title game. That would be the prize of winning That's what the division and getting to that second you seed. Avoid San Fran. Is you avoid goal. San Fran till till the <laughs> yeah. till the. I mean, NFC. I mean, that's why I want you to lay it out there. Yeah. the goal yeah, is to avoid I think San Fran. I think though, if they were to lose to the Lions, though. I think the Lions could, and then the Lions won out. I think they would get the two. Correct. Correct. We're saying that if they are the two seed, if the oh, Cowboys the are yeah, the two then, seed, yeah, they're great. yeah oh, there's you, there's yeah. scenarios where the Lions would take the two seed from the Cowboys, yeah. and they would be the three seed or the four seed, even if they win. Probably not the four seed. It's probably two or three if they win the division. <laughs> right. But if they are the two seed, that's your prize. Is you wouldn't see San Francisco until there you go. the NFC title yes. game, and if you don't see San Francisco, that means you host the NFC. That's title what the game. people needed to hear. Yeah, and. I mean, there's if you're the second seed and you win the or excuse me, if you're the NFC East champions, there's a pretty good chance you're the second seed unless you lose that Detroit game and then Philly loses one of those down the stretch you because would never Detroit lose would a Jimmy Johnson two. game. You would never lose a Jimmy Johnson game or at home. I mean, the way they played in Arlington. I just worry about uh, 
<laughs> Nate Newton just texted us, man, just win, man. Yeah, exactly. Double, double it's true. man. I mean, you did sound like you, you were doing election coverage where you're like, now there is. Because when you, cause when you now, said there's a lane. Now, County right, right. could get 20% When votes. you said there was a lane, the first thing I thought of was like that Steve Kornacki being like, now technically there's a path. There's a you path know. for Trump. <laughs> oh, yeah. Caden um, uh, Gates, uh, one of our producers here, does a fantastic job. He always kind of uh, answered one of his questions on Twitter yesterday, uh, kind of getting some clarity as far as um, strength of victory. What does that mean? So that, that means you take all the teams that the Cowboys have beat all season. It's college football playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> what it is, yeah. Right? And you calculate their win percentage. Yeah. And um, that win percentage for Philadelphia is significantly higher than it is for Dallas right now. It's not mathematically impossible for Dallas to make up that that stretch, what's but remaining. it's not going to happen. Yeah. Like it, 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 Simply, it's not going to happen. I, I kind of broke it down, and I said there's about a 90% chance that tiebreaker would go to Philadelphia. Yeah. You would need a lot of things to happen. You would need— Maybe even bigger than that. It may be more like 95%. Yeah. Like it's, would, it's pretty heavily in favor of Philly. You would need the Jets, the Chargers, the Panthers, and the Seahawks to win, like basically win out. And those Panthers? Are, yeah, exactly. That's the non-common and, opponent that you beat. And then you would also need Buffalo, KC, and there were a couple of other really good teams to lose. To lose. And it's just like, all right, we're, we're, we're not going to look at this anymore. So, um, yeah, that's that's what the strength of victory is, that fifth tiebreaker. Things are getting confusing, but, hey, that's uh, I guess that's a good problem it's sometimes. It's a predicament that you place yourself in. It, yeah. it is. And yeah. It, it also is a byproduct of Seattle winning last night because initially common opponent wouldn't have been in favor of Dallas and and by virtue of that conference would have been out of play by a game as well. You would have needed Philly to lose yeah. something significant down the stretch in order for you to, to, to even be in this conversation. So Seattle in that game-winning drive last night makes this all relevant. Dear, I asked this question. What would have happened if you would have won your last game? You would have been in a really good spot. Hmm really good then you would control your destiny the rest of the way is what would happen but, but, but you say that like it was close <laughs> like nothing about that game where you like that's why i was surprised that you said that they that they the buffalo's not that good who said that you he didn't say that yeah huh? no he did not <laughs> i would love to he said they he are said way better than their really eight yeah, i would love to bet we can run it back all that yeah, yeah. yeah. they're my not, pick to win the super bowl i promise good, you i never said they're not that good to beat them 31 to oh yeah 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 not that good yeah that's what i said 31 he said, to 10. He said, he said no you were not in the NFL good. is good enough to beat them 31 yeah. to 10. Just happened. It did happen. Well, yeah. No. That's the point. <laughs> I can't even stand here. These goalposts are just moving everywhere. It just like, happened. Well, it just can happened. we focus on one you argument or say, do we just move it to something else? You can't say that they're not good and no, no team is good enough to beat them like that. And then it just happened. Listen, you're trying to argue no, with a guy who doesn't know the difference between goals and points. Hey. He just doesn't know this stuff. Yeah, I was going to say it shouldn't happen. You're on timeout. You're on timeout. I didn't say it couldn't. It shouldn't. It obviously could because it did there. it back. And it also did against San Francisco. San Francisco. I would love it. We'll oh, bet boy, everything yeah, you want. I was about to say. I was like, if you run it I'm back, I'm on a you're bet losing. winning mode right now. We'll bet that back. I'm on a roll. All right. When we come back, Chris Beam's going to mute Isaiah's mic for the <laughs> yes. segment. He is being put in timeout. 888-855-2297. If you have playoff questions, if you have questions about this Cowboys team, if you have questions about what Jerry Jones said on 105.3 The Fan this morning, Give us a call, 888-855-2297. We're going to talk to Cowboys Nation when we come back with more Talking Cowboys. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. 
It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys, and now he's on his phone on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, this segment of the show is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, Talking Cowboys, always brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company. Isaiah had his coffee this morning. You can tell. I, I didn't. I did not have my coffee this morning. But I would love an RTD if they would like to send me one. I would yeah. down it. A little 300 milligram. What if I, I had another one in here? Would you just him. down it again? I don't need it today. There's not one in there. No, we we're, we're out. We got Lysol. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to have You want to really put a pet in your step? You're trying to get my white paint, huh? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, man. All right. We've got, got some calls to take. <laughs> Insurance claim. <laughs> 888-855-2297. Give us a call. First off, we've got Gary in New Mexico. You're on Talking Cowboys. Gary, what's going on? Hey, guys. Thank you for breaking down that whole tie-breaking procedure. I tried to do that last night after the game and got a really bad headache. Uh, <laughs> now, back in the day, net point differential was a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys actually lost a division on that back in 1980, but now they got rid of that and said strength of victory. This all goes back to losing at Arizona. It does. If they would have took care of business against Arizona, this this wouldn't even be a conversation. I don't have a problem with them losing at Buffalo. I mean, the way they lost, yeah, but I think most people had that as a loss when the season started. That's a good football team that was very desperate. Dallas wasn't going to win nine straight to close out the year, so I don't really have a problem with the Buffalo loss. And here's the bottom line. If the Cowboys are going to break this 25-year curse of not getting to a Super Bowl, they're going to just have to overcome some stuff and do things that people don't think they can do. Mm. Bottom line is you're going to have to beat Philadelphia and San Francisco in the playoffs, and you're going to have to beat one of them on the road, maybe both of them on the road. And great teams have to do great things. And there's nothing that says they can do that based on what we've seen so far. But we know they have talent, and it only takes once. It takes the bounce of the ball one way or the other. One big play here, one big play there, and then you get over the hump. And I think 
I'm not giving up on them yet. I'm just I'm not ready to give up on them yet. Let's see how it plays out. This is a good football team. Three straight years in the playoffs. That hasn't happened since I was in college. So I think we need to remember that. Three straight ten win seasons. That hasn't happened since I was in college. So Let's appreciate what we got. Let's let the season finish out. Let them get back on a roll. Let them regroup. Let's see what happens in January. But you're going to have to overcome some stuff if you want to be a champion. No doubt about it, Gary. Thank you for the call. Great points all the way across the board. And I I, I think the, the number one thing here is, yes, Arizona, that loss is going to haunt you. And the only time that that's going to get negated is if Arizona does the same thing to, to Philadelphia. And then it helps you out significantly. However, even then... If you have the win over Arizona, you don't have to worry about it then. That one, we knew when it came down that that was going to be a big loss on the road. As far as overcoming adversity, do you think this team's good enough to do so? Um, on, at home, yes. On the road, I I have to see it first. You know, that you can't point to a road win this season that would give you confidence going on the road in the playoffs. Yeah. And until then, you know, we'll, we'll just have to see. Since McCarthy has been hired, we were kind of talking about it in the press box and, and Buffalo. You can really only point to two regular season road victories that give you confidence in this team being a road team. The Minnesota victory from last season and then the victory in New England a couple of years ago and, and over time where CD had the walk off. Um, you could throw in. I had a couple of people DM me about this. You could throw in the Tampa Bay win in the wild card round last year. But the Cowboys were favored in that game. Yeah, like, yes, it was Tom Brady. Yes, it was a, a Tampa Bay team that's won a Super Bowl. But that team was struggling going mm-hmm. into the playoffs and uh, <clears throat> the Cowboys were favored in that game. So I. I don't necessarily consider that a big road win. Is it a playoff road win? Absolutely, but that, that's besides the point. I don't feel good about this team going on the road. If they were at home, they could win the NFC. Like if, if they had every playoff game at home, they can win the NFC, but yeah. it's not going to happen. So I completely agree with you, and I thought that was a really good call. Yeah, he had a lot, a lot of good points, I, and I completely agree <clears throat> with him. The entire time I've covered the team, I've thought that, well, they're – if it ain't rough, it ain't right. There ain't, they ain't, there ain't going to be some easy path to, to winning a championship. It just doesn't happen. I mean, I can't even think of a team that just, I don't know, there's probably some of those Brady Patriots teams. But outside of that, like almost everybody has to go through something. So I, I completely agree on that. The one part, though, that I don't, not, not that I disagree with, I don't care about is I don't care about the Arizona game. Like that doesn't mean to me because who, who are you chasing? You're chasing the Eagles mm-hmm. and you're chasing the 49ers. They have those losses, too. The Eagles lost to the Jets. You don't think that, the, like, their fans sit there and look at that one. That three-game stretch that the Niners lost three in a row, I mean, we're talking Cleveland, Minnesota, Cincinnati. I mean, they look at that, too. So every team is going to have that. In a 17-game season, you're not just going <clears> to <throat> go down and be like, all right, who are we favored against? That should be a win. That should be a win. That should be... You're going to have a game. If it wouldn't have been Arizona, it would have been something else. Yeah. I think the way they played against Arizona was was disheartening. Um, but then the, the part that really stood out from the call that, that hit home for me is – I can't remember how we phrased it exactly, but it was about how, you know, something has to happen, like a big play or whatever in those games. And that is the feeling I was talking about when I was watching that Buffalo game where I was like, well, that's not happening. Like nothing. And I felt the same way against San Francisco, too, where you're just like, where is this spark going to come from? And you just don't get a feeling like it's going to happen. I remember I turned to you. I turned to you in the press box. I go, I think this is Drob Bland pick six right here. Can you just imagine if that would have happened right there? Yeah. How much of a game-changing like turn of events that that would have been or a big Micah Parsons strip sack or something yeah. like that? Or, or heck, just Brandon Cooks getting behind the defense, Dak hitting him. Yeah. Like, I just didn't feel like as that game went on, it really was in my head. I was like, how many quarters? How many quarters do you have to play before like one of those will happen? Because it yeah. just felt like it wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna happen. I, I I could be wrong, but I can't point to one play that was like. 
big if you look at it. if you just take it out yeah. and put it in a vacuum i can't put i can't point to one the play closest like, one hey, that was a good play the closest one was was the <laughs> dak deep ball to cooks at the beginning yeah, yeah. That, that was and, the and best if, he, opportunity. if they hit that maybe yeah. things are different yeah. and then also the other one i will say is potentially <clears throat> if they the fumble get the fumble yeah. that that maybe maybe that sparks something but outside of that there weren't many plays where i was like man they're just on the cusp of just flipping this thing you know uh, let's go to our second call. AJ in Miami. It is uh, Miami Dolphins week. AJ, you're on Talking Cowboys. What's going on? What's going on, guys? We're going to be at the game this week, so hopefully we get to the dub. There you go. But I've been uh, agreeing with Isaiah since day one. Uh, Jerry Jones has not filled that uh, cash in our defense. We need Jonathan Hankins last year, I think, was a band aid for the problem. We need fucking stitches. And this has always been the problem with the Cowboys' defense. We can't stop the run. I think Dan Quinn deserves some heat sometimes because every time of our office, he does, like, look lost to me personally. And I still have faith in Mozzie, but he doesn't affect our problem this year. So our whole point in drafting is why are we drafting Mozzie if we're, this is our year? If this is our year, then why are we so focused on not bringing in another defensive tackle? That was my whole problem. I don't understand it. I haven't understand it, and the fact that we didn't trade for uh, defensive tackle is, I think, is a more concerning problem. And also, just a, a fact on top of it, I think um, Dan Quinn's going to stay next year. Uh, I don't think he leaves. I think he has a good young core defense in the Cowboys, and I don't think he's going to leave the Charlottes, the Raiders, or the Chargers. I just don't think it's going to happen. And uh, that's what I kind of want you guys to talk about and see kind of how you feel about that. Thank you for the call, AJ. Thank you for using clean language all the way through as well. Uh, Isaiah, what you what you got <laughs> on that one? You didn't you didn't agree with that final point, did you? Dan Quinn sticking around. <clears throat> yeah, we're gonna wait on the off season on that one. The, yeah, we're gonna have plenty have of time to talk about that. We'll have, that that we'll that have plenty of, of time. I don't think AJ's points. completely wrong there. I don't think he's completely wrong, um, but some jobs are just very difficult yeah, to turn down for sure. um, <laughs> when they pretty much have the same pieces in place. Um, I mean, I they don't... also just lost 63 or 14. Yeah, well, leadership matters. Wait, you're, um... talking, about, you're talking about the Chargers? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think they're going defense, defense, back-to-back coaches? That's what I said. I said that in the studio the other day whenever he was talking about that's it. I don't Belichick, think that's going to happen. I, I think there's a couple of jobs so that Quinn is when, holding out for. When one, one coach made it to the Super Bowl. One coach, you were hopeful. I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing coach. with you, but I'm just yeah. saying there's patterns in the NFL where I, I, I get it. No, yeah, I, I, I hear you, but so. yeah. All right. Um, I don't disagree with him on the defensive front. Obviously, <clears throat> I, I'm over here sitting. I'm, I've been relatively quiet today because I've been watching film and I'm trying to figure out what Dallas is going to do to stop Miami's offense. I just can't stop thinking about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we have two days to talk about it, but. I have a solution that I think mm. could work. Okay. Points. <laughs> a lot shootout. of points. Just shootout. Exactly. Yeah. A shootout with Miami. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. This offense is capable. I don't think this, you're, you're, you're capable. looking at me like it's an impossible task. It's capable. This offense is capable. And you look at that Miami defense, it's capable. You could, you could, you could put up points against that defense. Um, they don't do anything that challenges Dallas that they haven't seen already. I agree. I, it's, it's, yeah, get ready for a 42-35 type game. You, you know? say that, but last time they saw a Vic Fangio defense, mm. <laughs> 
He he liked to tell everybody after the game that they he had the blueprint, blueprint. when he was with the <laughs> yeah. Broncos there. That's the last time they they faced Vic Fangio. It's honestly my uh, biggest storyline that I'm looking forward yeah. to going into this game to see how what that is because there's a lot of history between Fangio and 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 McCarthy, Green Bay, Chicago, and stuff like that. They know each other very well, so it is it is going to be interesting for them. Who that asks aspect. him about it this week? You think? <laughs> Jam, I will. Yeah, there you I go. Mean, there you go, Jam. Jam's <laughs> not afraid, baby. I want. Yeah, I want to ask that question. I want. I want John to get in there. We're gonna yeah, talk. We'll, we're gonna clip it, I'll and then we're gonna play it on the Are show. You ready later. to face the blueprint? Yeah, that's the question. Yeah, dun, dun, you gotta ask dun, it just like just like no, that. I will. <laughs> I will. Uh, all right, we've got Mike in New York. You're on talking Cowboys. What's going on, Mike? What's going on, guys? You know, we've been talking this about this for weeks, weeks, weeks. Discipline, the penalties. I understand that it was a little better in this game, but come on. It's it's it's, it's killing me. It's, it's killing them, Isaiah. That's the penalties that you keep talking about. You wanted to, it, they're thank going you for the down, call, Mike. They're going it's good to hear from you, Mike. They're going down. Now, I think that the penalties that were called outside of the Sam Williams one was trash. I think the curse penalty was trash. Lawrence. I think that the D law penalty was trash, like pure compost. <laughs> like it was awful, and it changed the tide of the game. It like really as did. Much trash as Bro. Seattle's yeah. cracking the the NHL team. It's okay. We'll be back. Um, okay. But you know those were terrible calls, and the severity of those calls in those moments were were severe. They were severe, and it changed how potentially how the outcome of the game would have been. It really did. But they happen, and you have to, no matter how bad those situations were, you have to try to find a way to overcome it. And to your point, there was nothing. There was no mojo moment. There wasn't even any mojo to have a moment um, in that game on either side of the ball to really make you feel as if they had an opportunity to overcome though that adversity and, and that's what the you know the previous caller was talking about in terms of they have to overcome some things if they want to be great if they want to ascend to to the super bowl once again they have to overcome some of these things things are not going to go your way you're going to get some trash calls you're going to get a little bit of hometown favor you know favoritism from the from the from the referees and you know you know you don't get the fumble call you know it should have been a fumble it wasn't a fumble okay it sucks okay let's go out there and do it again like that has to be your mindset it can't be I'm not saying that they were running around complaining, but like yeah, your mind can't go to that. Your your mind has to immediately go to all right. How, how, who's going to be the next one to make that happen again, so that they can't so they can't take it away from us? Um, you have to be anxious in that regard. So yeah, you're going to have to overcome some things, and it starts again. You know, it just resets. You just played a really good Buffalo team. We we've been waiting on this part of the season all year long. When the season came out, you knew. The schedule came out. You knew what this was going to be about. Yeah. You knew it, regardless of all the different scenarios, playoff implications. Like you knew that you were going to be fighting for playoff spots at this time of the year against the toughest opponents. Facts, regardless of records. Buffalo beast. Okay, dog on Miami. Freaking track meet. Okay, get ready. Just lace them up. Get in the ice baths. Do whatever you got to do. You're going to be running. Your hamstrings better be nice, nice and warmed up. Okay, and then Detroit, they're going to try to beat you up. You think Dan Campbell didn't just watch that game and then go back and watch the San Francisco game in the Arizona game? It's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, physical. Knee That's what we do. Yeah, kneecaps. Yep. Yeah, bite them off. Just like we, just like they put Zeke on his forehead last year, you can get expect more of that. So you're about to face two different challenges over the next few weeks, and then you got to close out Washington. So, I mean, this is what it's about. You learn about yourself. You really learn about yourself. And I think that they had to – hopefully they took a hard look in the mirror after yep. this most recent week. And it – and what they saw 
Okay, this is like it is like uh, cool runnings. You know, when you made, when you made him look in the mirror, what do you see? <laughs> All right, you uh, hopefully they saw something that has that they've already seen before, and now you say, okay, our approach to this can't be the same. It can't be the same. We have to change. We know we have a problem in our rush defense, and these teams are going to be persistent in their rushing attack. What are we going to do to ensure that it doesn't happen again? And Miami presents a huge problem because I can't play single high. I can't. I literally can't play single high, but I can't play too high either. So what the heck do I do? That's the challenge with Miami because if you want to go single high and play man-to-man coverage like you do 90% of the time, you don't have the guys to run with them. You legit don't have the guys to run with them. I was just about to say you can't run man as much No, you, you can't run man. But if you go too high, you're playing against the second best running team in the league. Yeah, it's tough, man. You know what I'm saying? So like so like what is your Isaiah approach? Is acting like they're undefeated or something. It's not about this, it's about what I'm seeing on film. <laughs> yeah. It's about what I'm seeing on film. I already started early because I knew there's a lot of offense to digest. Which with games them. you did you watch? I'm I'm only on the the Tennessee game right now. Okay. That's the only game I have watched so far. But like they are 0 and 3 against teams above 500. I hear you. I hear you. If they're kept underneath and Tua is forced to go away from his first read, things get difficult mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's that's the solution there. Mm-hmm. And then defensively, uh, we'll dive it's into that. It's a big if, week. though. Eh, Keeping them underneath. So. I don't think so. Because Tua has not been playing well in the last mm-hmm. few weeks. Yeah. Um, Facts. And if you can keep him underneath, then it's about keeping him underneath, not really the yeah. weapons. Because the weapons will get over the top. It's about keeping Tua underneath. I'm, well. I'm more so. concerned with the mind. Of the Cowboys. The mm. mind. Like, I'm dead serious. Like, their ability to overcome big plays. The Seattle game proved a lot to me because they were over, able to overcome the DK Metcalf play. Yeah, the 73-yarder. Yeah, they were able to overcome that. That was huge. But you in also got to factor in that this team's been really good after a loss. Like, you can't just sit, hear, sit there and take that, hey, what we saw against Buffalo or yeah. what we saw against San Francisco is going to be the same here. You're just going to see. There's just, like, little things that, like, yes, the score is 31 to 10 and 31 to 3. But it's little things of just, like, how you could just tell Buffalo wanted that game more. Absolutely. Just like you could tell the Cowboys wanted that game a lot more than the Eagles did the week before that. You're the, absolutely the three correct. fumble recoveries. Like, there was just, like, you're just playing like, just that, that little bit of a mindset. difference. Yeah. It's a mindset. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's, I'm worried about their mindset. And the way that they overcame Seattle, the Seattle's one big play, there's going to be multiple plays like that, most likely. Yeah. So how do you bounce back? Do you bounce back multiple times within one game? That's my question. I think they did Dallas that Cowboys. against Seattle. Seattle, did, that was that game. That game was back and forth all the way through. There were big plays on both sides of it. I mean, you think about the pass interference penalty, the Jackson Smith and Jigba in the end zone, and then they score off of the next play, and then there's all these different elements to it as well. They bounced back at a game like that previously, but that was at home. Now you got to do it on the road. The Cowboys That's have not lost back-to-back difference. games since 2021. Yeah, 2021, right. when they obviously that COVID was going on, where Amari Cooper was out when they lost yeah. to Kansas City, and then uh, the Raiders in overtime on Thanksgiving. So. I, I, I got to give them the benefit of the doubt for that. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't take that statistic into yeah. into account. I really don't. I, I mean, you I, have to at least a little bit. Okay, I can a little bit there. in terms. There's history there, yeah. but but I look at matchups. Yeah, that's what I care about. Sure, I care about matchups. I, I hear about the pass and all that stuff, yeah, but yeah. I'm looking at matchups. So if you're going to play man to man, primarily, even right. if you play seventy percent man, yeah, how? So what I'm saying is that I agree with where you're coming from. Yeah. It is a bad matchup. And it would not surprise me if the Dolphins win. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying, though, is you will not see that same thing that we saw against Buffalo or San Francisco. I, it will, I this agree will be a with competitive you. Game. I agree with you. All right, we've got to take our second break. When we come back, we've got one more phone call, and we've got a draft question 
on the horizon. We've got some draft insight when we come back with more from Talking Cowboys. Don't let me find out. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys. This portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats. We've got Isaiah Stabak, John Machota, Nick Harris, and Chris Beam in the back. Did you have your oats? I did. I had my oats this morning, as always. All right. Uh... We got a question from the 601. Kyle, who is a power five, 300-pound defensive tackle to watch in the college bowl games? I don't know how many you're going to get to watch in the college bowl games. Let me be real. If they are first-round, second-round talents, they're probably not going to play in the bowl games. I will say, if you want to go back and watch some guys, I've got three names for you. Mason Smith out of LSU, Leonard Taylor from Miami, and then the one guy I think you would really want to take a look at Plays down the road, down I-35 in Austin, to Vondre Sweat. He'll play in the bowl game. So there you go. There's the one that I've got to keep an eye on. Six foot four, 362 pounds, defensive tackle who stepped up in a big way as a senior. And, man, he is a fun watch, and he is going to absolutely wreck Washington. Wreck Washington. And it's not he, the only... he's going to be a he's going to be a wrecking ball himself. I don't know if Washington's going to lose that game. If okay. I'm being honest, right. I think Washington be might win that game because I love Michael Penix. But Junior, yes, but Tavondre Sweat is a dog. It's not the only day two defensive tackle that Texas has too. They have Byron Murphy from Desoto. Mm-hmm. Um, he, it looks like he's going to come out early and play. Mm-hmm. He's a junior, but it looks like he'll come out and and participate in the Senior Bowl. He got an invite as a junior. Nice. So that's another one to keep an eye on. You also got Chris Jenkins at Michigan that'll be playing in the playoffs. Um, I didn't. I left him out on purpose yeah i didn't want to talk about a michigan defensive tackle oh yeah i'm a little i'm still still waiting on one michigan defensive tackle here about that oh my god (laughs) 
You're yeah, not supposed to. You can kind of go defensive line though. Yeah, yeah. with taco as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Not uh, you, you're not supposed to scout the helmet. You're supposed to scout the players. Yeah, they also they have a d- defensive end named Burrito. That is it? <laughs> no, it was, it was a joke. Oh, taco. <laughs> Got it. I, I was like, no way. Yeah, I was I, gullible on that one. Sorry. I wonder, guys. What, I wonder what major really? college football program has been the biggest disappointment for the Cowboys mm. in terms of drafting and that. You'd you'd have to go all the way. Back. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah absolutely. deep dive. I mean, right now, recently, it's been Michigan. Uh, I would have to like pull Mickey Spagnola away for like three hours, and we yeah. have to dive through draft classes all the way back to like when the drafts. Could you say LSU? <laughs> Has there been really a? I mean, I know Damone Clark's playing well now, but like, all right, we can flip it. What's been the best? Uh, ooh, that's a good one. Alabama's been pretty good recently. Um, so we're here eating yeah, yeah, strawberries. Just eating these these oats. Y'all are, y'all are the college scouting. I was about to say NFL know. draft isn't yeah. your thing. No, not my thing. Um, you you just tell the you tell us which players we go find. I'll tell you. you. I'll tell you what I see. Tell you what you want, and then we go. I'll find tell you it. what has been good to the Cowboys group of five scouting. Like typically, yeah. when they go for a group of five guy, they hit. They 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 good have point. hit recently. So yeah, first one that comes to mind there is Deron Bland. Uh, Tyler Smith. Tyler Smith. All right, Brian in Kansas City. You're on Talking Cowboys, our final call today. Brian, what's going on? Good morning, gentlemen. Hello. Good morning. Hey, you know, so they made a big deal on the broadcast of uh, the differential of Dak's rating between home and away. Mm-hmm. And obviously our record kind of reflects that. I'm just wondering, from a guy, a guy, I'm just a fan, you know, I'm what Brian Broaddus would call Joe and Flower Mound. <laughs> I, you know, I'm the guy that, you know, I, I watch a TV broadcast. I don't go back and watch all the scouting tapes and, and the all 22. Can you guys pick up any difference? What, what does he do that's so different? They said his difference was something in the neighborhood of 35 points, and it was the biggest difference in the NFL. Yeah. And I'll hang up and listen. Y'all have a great day. What do you think? Yeah, 122.5 versus 88.8. And that was going into the game. That was going into the game. Now it's definitely worse. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. I think he just is in a routine at home. I don't know. I don't know if it's when he wakes up, who he's who he's with, the route he takes to the stadium, to what he does in the locker room before, to where he warms up, to just knowing where he has to go. I just think that his routine at home is he's got it down. And I think that because of that, I think Maybe that on the road, it just it just takes you a little bit out of your comfort zone, and maybe that factors in there because it's been tough to even just come up with an answer why the whole team has been so good yeah. at home. I mean, let's be honest. Yeah, you know. So we've asked that question almost after every home win. Yeah. What what's the difference here? Thought about it a little bit last night. You know, watching Seattle. Like, yeah. there's just everybody knows about that home field advantage mm-hmm. that Seattle has, and they've had it for a long period of time. That really just hasn't been the case in Dallas, and all of a sudden, it just yeah. like at home, they're just they play with so much more energy, confidence huh? and, and energy as well. So, I don't know. I mean, obviously, and then once you have that, the crowd feeds into it, and everything adds to it. But even on the crowd thing, if you make enough plays and you're a Dallas Cowboy on the road, mm-hmm. you will hear the crowd. Yep, they bring fans everywhere. So, True. I don't know. It, I just think he's he's more comfortable in his home setting. I guess that's the only thing I come up with. Yeah, why not, right? The way they've been playing at home. So, I'm with it. I'm with it as well. All right, that does it for us here on a Talking Tuesday. Appreciate all the calls from you, Talking Cowboys Nation. We'll be back tomorrow. We're going to break down the Cowboys' defense versus that speed of the Miami Dolphins' offense and what that Week 16 matchup is going to look like. Uh Uh-oh. 
Oh, we've got a little showdown. Texas, Washington. We'll see how this goes uh, down the stretch. There was one from Abe in the 702. He said uh, Texas will win the, the natty. That's interesting. I'm going to yeah. put some hot sauce on it. That's what he said. Uh, are we? No, I've already made that, but you got to think of something else. Be original. Somebody, mm. some, so one of my boys. Anyway, we don't have time. Go yeah, ahead. all right, yeah. Let's get out of here. For Isaiah Stanback, for John Machota, Nick Harris, Chris Beam in the back. I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from Talking Cowboys. We'll see you tomorrow. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!